welcome everyone this morning, and if you're a guest with us today, we are especially glad to have you in service with us this morning. Thank you for being here. And is, it is our sincere hope and prayer that you are touched by the presence of the Lord today. We hope you like us. We hope you like our singing. I hope you like my preaching. But most importantly, I just hope Jesus touches you today. Because you know what? You might not like all the other stuff, and Jesus can still touch you. Praise God. To those that are joining us online this morning, wherever you may be joining from, we welcome you as a part of this service. It's good to see Xavier Williams in town for a few days. He's about to go on deployment. He's got a few days at home. It's good to see him. I, I got a question. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 2, verse 14. Anybody in, the, in this place that you have ever struggled or you are struggling with the fact that you just you feel like you 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 just you're you're broken, you're flawed, you messed up, you failed. So how in the world is God gonna love you, want you? It's anybody ever felt that way? Let me see your hands if you've ever felt that way. If your hands not up, we're gonna pray for healing because you gotta. A messed up arm. Or we're going to pray for your heart because you're lying. Yeah. I, I hope and pray that before we're done here this morning, that, that the Spirit of the Lord will completely eradicate those thoughts from our minds. And the next time, because there will be a next time, the next time the enemy comes along again to try to convince you, you just, you, he, there's no way he could love you, you have, blah, 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 blah. That, that the next time you'll do like the Apostle Paul said and you will take captive those thoughts and replace them with the thoughts that are the truthfulness of the Word of God. So Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse number 14, Mark two fourteen, And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, and this is actually Matthew. Levi is Matthew. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me, and he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners. They said unto him, unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with sinner, with publicans and sinners? God have mercy upon us when we ever think we are so sanctified 
Because the bottom line is every one of us, if we are saved, we are a sinner saved by grace. So, verse 17, Jesus heard it. And he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician. But they that are sick, I am come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Those that are well, anybody ever just schedule a doctor appointment for the fun of it? You just want to go see the doctor? No, of course not. You go to the doctor because something's wrong, you got a problem, you're trying to get help. Jesus said those that, those that aren't sick, those that don't have issues, don't need a physician. And of course what he's saying is the reason I'm here is for those who need a physician. Not speaking in physical terms right now, but is there anybody here that's ever needed or you feel like you need today a physician? Father, I thank you so much for your presence that we have sensed and seen the work of in this sanctuary already this morning. I believe with all of my heart, God, there are miracles, there are deliverances, there are needs that have been provided for already in this service. But I'm also believing, God, there's some hearts and lives in this place that you desire to minister today to through your word. That your spirit would speak to our hearts. That we would be able to hear and receive what it is you want to say to us. And Lord, that there would be a transformation. Lord, your word says that we are changed by the renewing of our minds. God, I pray that there would be a renewing of minds in this place today, that 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 renewing of our minds would be the elimination of thoughts and ideas that are contrary to what your word says, and that they would be replaced with thoughts and feelings that are in alignment with your word. Let there be a work of your spirit done in hearts and lives in this place today trust you this morning, God. I acknowledge I can do nothing without you, so I trust you for your anointing today. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Those those that have it all together, those that don't have any issues, those that don't have any problems, they don't need a physician. Those that life is great and they're great, they, they don't need any help. But Jesus was sending, to the me- sending the message to these publicans and these sinners, that's not who I came for. I came. For those who are in need. 
I, I came for those who have issues and problems. I, I came for those who are a mess. I, I came for those whose lives are full of failures and disappointment and, and, and regrets and, and, and brokenness. That's who I came for. I know some of you are going to want to put your, you know, your best face on this morning and act like you got it all together and, and, and you're, you're the one that he didn't come for. But let's just go ahead and take all of our masks off this morning and let's just be honest and transparent. I, I know there's always, like there was here, there's always some religious folks in the crowd. But, but, I hope there's more people here today that are like Jesus than the ones that are like the publicans and the sinners. I hope there's more people today with an attitude like Jesus' attitude than, than people who reflect the publicans and the sinners because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I, I don't care if you're able to be defined as a good person by the world's standards. According to the Word of God, there, there's none that are good. All of us are in need of a Savior. And He said, that's who I have come for the bible the bible tells us uh, let, let me let me read to you that verse 17 from a couple of other translations the the, the 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 amplified bible says that verse this way when jesus heard it he said to them those who are strong and well have no need of a physician but those who are weak and sick i came not to call the righteous ones to repentance, but sinners, the erring ones and all those, that, all those not free from sin. The Living Bible says it like this, when Jesus heard what they were saying, He told them sick people need the doctor, not healthy ones. I haven't come to tell good people to repent, but the bad ones. You don't have to raise your hand right now, but anybody have ever felt like, or again, maybe right now, you feel like you're in the category of the bad ones? That's who he came for. You see, I, I, I hope and I pray that by the time I get done this morning, all of those accusations and arguments that the enemy uses to tell us why we can't get what we need from God and why God doesn't love us and why God doesn't care about us, this book is full of all of the arguments as to why that is not the case. Why that what the enemy's saying is not the truth. And yet what do we so often believe? I, 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 my own personal experience, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one like this, but my own personal experience has been that the enemy will come along and he'll just drop a thought, one thought, one negative thought. Uh, you failed too much. God, God doesn't love you. God won't use you. And he drops one thought in my mind and and it's really, I, I obviously I don't say this, but really it's almost like I tell him, okay, thanks, I got it from here. Because I take the one thought, and I start building on that. And I start adding more and more to that 
argument as to why I'm not good enough and why I'm too messed up and why I've made too many mistakes. And he goes on to the next person and sows the next thought. I've already referenced it, but the Apostle Paul said that we are supposed to take every thought captive. We, we, many of you here are familiar with the, the term spiritual warfare, and, and if you're not familiar with that term, it's, it often gets used in the context of, of fighting evil demonic forces, and, and, and if you don't believe in the supernatural today, we believe in the supernatural. We believe that there are demons and that there are angels. We believe in all of that. Well, some of us do. <laughs> And so a lot of times we, 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 we think of the context of spiritual warfare in that context of fighting demons, fighting devils. If, if you've ever read Frank Peretti's book, uh, This Present Darkness, it, you know, there's all this, and I believe all that's going on. But, but can I tell you, I believe the majority of the time on a daily basis, the spiritual battle that you and I fight is not against demons like that. The spiritual battle that you and I fight is the battle that goes on in our minds. And so Paul said you are supposed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. One of the reasons why you need to have your own personal knowledge of what is in this book and you need to expand your knowledge of what is in this book is because when the enemy comes along with negative thoughts, then you can you can dig down and get some thoughts from this book that contradict what he says and you can fight against what he says with what the Word of God says. Anybody ever had a, a, a some kind of critter in your house that you didn't want there? Mouse, snake, whatever. Is there anybody that when you when you had one in the house and you knew it was there, that that you would not rest until you know you knew? I got it. Those of you nature lover, lovers, you didn't rest until you captured it and released it. The rest of us didn't rest until it was dead. Why? It's your house. You own it. It belongs to you. They don't belong there. Why is it that we let thoughts run around in our heads like mice in our house, except when it comes to our thoughts, we are the victims. You're not the victim. You just got to decide, you know what, that thought's not right. I, I, I know there's some things the Word of God says that are true, and, and I'm going to replace those thoughts with the right thoughts, the correct thoughts. Message Bible says, verse 17, this way, Jesus overhearing shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. Problem is, if we get the mindset that thinks we are, we are now qualified 
for God's love and God's blessings and, and God's favor, the moment you think you're now deserving of it, you actually have now reached the point you're undeserving. It's really when you know, I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's favor. I, I don't deserve God's blessings. That's when you are best positioned to receive because He said, that's who I've come for. Oh, Jesus. So, so watch, watch this. Not only does, does he say what I just read to you, I, I, I've come to find the sick. I've come for the, the messed up ones. <laughs> Listen to this. This is in, in Luke chapter 4. In the beginning of Luke chapter 4, it's when Jesus is, uh, Luke chapter 3, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, and then the beginning of chapter 4, he goes into the wilderness, 40 days of fasting, and, 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 and then the enemy, the, the Satan, shows up to him and tempts him, three different temptations that take place, and, 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 and so this, this, is, this is the chapter that that is in, and verse number 17, this is, uh, at least from my understanding of, of, of Scripture and, and the Gospels, this is the first this is sort of the first public appearance in, in, in a sense of Jesus doing or saying something. He's, he's already publicly appeared because he was baptized by John. But with regards to him doing something, speaking, teaching, ministering, this is his very first time. And, and I want you to notice, some of you know this passage Some of you probably can quote it by heart, but if you don't know it or if you do know it, I want you to notice that out of all of the things that Jesus could have read from in the Old Testament, listen to the words He reads. This this is what He read to set the tone, if you will. This is, this is the message he communicated to set the tone of what his ministry was to be about. Luke 4 and 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. And here's what he's anointed me to do. To preach the gospel to the poor. I think you can apply that naturally, physically speaking. But there's also a, 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 a symbolic or a, a, yeah, a symbolic implication of that as well. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that's who He was sent to. That's who He came for. Not the people that have it all together. Not, not the people with a great resume. Not, not the people that, you know, have all of it stored up in the bank account. And, and, and it, that's not who he came for. 
And yet the enemy spends all kind of time convincing us we are disqualified from God's love and God's blessings and God's help because I'm broken, I'm a captive, I'm, I'm poor, I, I, I don't have anything to offer. That is exactly, oh Jesus, that is exactly who he said he came for. The Amplified Bible says it this way, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. The word poor in the Greek basically means lacking in anything. Anybody feel today you, you're lacking some things? Feel like there's some areas you're lacking, you're, you're, you're broken, you're damaged, so you're, you're lacking. He said, that's who I've come to. That's who I've come to preach to. The word broken hearted there. Uh, Barnes Notes says that, that, that he's come to console those who are deeply afflicted, whose hearts are broken by external calamities or by a sense of their sinfulness. Oh, help me, Jesus. Anybody, you don't have to raise a hand or respond if you don't want to, but anybody here today been through some calamities? Anybody in some calamities? Or are there any broken hearted here today? Are, are there any, anybody here today that, that it's your sinfulness that causes you to, to feel like you are broken hearted? That is who he said. We live in a world where, where you, you, you've got to, You've got to perform. You've got to prove why you are qualified and capable to, to, to do a job, to, to get a position. And, 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 and if you're unqualified, you're, you're not going to be accepted. You're, you, I, it amazes me how challenging it is. You spend you know, several years working to get a college degree, and, 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 and then you, you, you start looking at uh, jobs, and there's this problem. They want you to have 10 years of experience. Wait a minute, I have a degree. So we want you to have a degree, but we also want you to have experience. And, and, and I understand from the business perspective why that's the case, but, but that, how, how, do you, how can I get experience if I don't have a job? What good is my degree if I can't get a job and use my degree to get the experience that you want me to have? What kind of trouble would we be in if we came to God and He says, you know what, when you get this done, when you figure this out, when you develop this in your life, come back and see me. And, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it again. None of us would have any hope. Not one of us. 
He's not interested in you qualifying yourself. He's not interested in you showing Him all the reasons why you are. He is so worthy of you. And there is nothing, there's nothing you've done, there's nothing you're doing, and there's nothing you could ever do that would disqualify you. Oh, hallelujah, boys. We need, we need a little bit of faith to rise in this place this morning. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I'm poor. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bound, okay? So you mean to tell me you're one of the ones that he came for? You, you mean to tell me you qualify as one of the ones he came to? That what you're trying to use that disqualifies you from him is the very thing that he's looking at you going, that's why I came. That's why I'm here. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to help. That's what I want to fix. That's what I want to change. This word captive, the word captive means a prisoner of war. Anybody been through some battles in your life? Anybody been through some battles? Anybody been through some battles that you became a prisoner of war? He said, I've come to set you free. I believe there's, there's probably some people here today that you've been through some battles with addiction and you've become a captive. I've come to tell somebody in this place today, the power of the Holy Ghost can deliver you today in just one single moment. There is no addiction that you have. There is no addiction that you're fighting that the power of the Holy Ghost can't break that addiction in one single moment anybody anybody battling depression here today anybody battling anxiety here today anybody become a prisoner of the circumstances you've been in and are going through I'm here to tell you today you are the exact one that he's looking for you're the exact one that he's trying to get to Jesus tells the story of the religious man who was standing in the temple and he was praying and he was telling God all the, the all the reasons why he was so good and God was God should be so impressed by him. I do this, I do that, I don't do this, I don't I, I keep all the rules, I, I I do all the religious things, I, I I here's my resume that you ought to be impressed with. But the Bible says it was over in another corner. There was this man who was kind of in a hidden spot, and he was just pouring out himself and being honest as to who he was and what he had done and all of the mistakes he had made. It wasn't the religious guy that th- thought he had had everything going that was getting God's attention. It was that guy who was over in the corner who felt so disqualified, who felt like he had no worth and no value. That's where God was. 
I, I know there's a whole. Is there anybody? Is there anybody here today? There may be a few of you, not necessarily, but most of us can say there are things we did that we knew better. You know something? The fact you did what you shouldn't have done and you knew better doesn't change who he came for. Doesn't change who he's trying to get to. The word bruised means to break. To break into pieces. To shatter. There's some people in this place today that if, if, if you just... If you'll just be willing to take off your mask and be honest and be transparent with God, that you, you're going to leave this place transformed today. Because I believe there's some shattered people in this place today. I don't say that as a criticism. I don't say that as a, as a, as a judgmental statement. But there's some people that what you've been through, things you've dealt with in life, you, you're sitting here and you're shattered today. And there's probably a part of you that's saying, will God ever really love me? Will, will God ever really want me? Is God, yes, He is interested in you. In fact, you are the one. You're the very one that he's interested in. My, my, my wife and I, man, we're in this, this. We're just going dealing with all kind of new stuff now. We find ourselves more often than ever before, even the two that are still at home, off doing their own thing. So we, we were at dinner, which is not a bad thing to just get to be at dinner with just my wife. That's so. We were at dinner yesterday, and, and um, we were just kind of a variety of things. And, and she got to talking about, and, and I'm going to try to be careful with this to not offend or hurt or whatever. But we actually, I'm just going to tell you, so hopefully somebody will be helped, but we're talking about medication, people taking medication for depression and things like that, and, and that there there's there seems to be this pattern that when you first take it, it's, it starts to help, or it seems like it's helping, but there really is kind of this cycle that it's it's not solving, it's not fixing anything. And, and that's, 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 no, I don't mean anything against, man and man's efforts because all man can do is the best he can do but I think our problem is we get so disappointed and disillusioned by man's inabilities that we lose our faith and confidence in God's abilities I'm not trying to and if you're taking them right now I'm not I'm not shooting at you I'm trying to help you I'm trying to give you hope but but you know if 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 you're if you're on a medication for depression or anxiety you you're not solving that's not solving it might be helping but it's not solving but there is a god who is in this place this morning 
who has the ability to do more than just give you a prescription to help you survive or cope. He has the ability to transform you. He has the ability to put the pieces of a broken heart back together. He's got the ability for those of you that are held captive by things to open the prison doors and for you to become free and not continue to be, not continue to live bound by those things. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah 55 and verse number 7 says this. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. He says, I I don't care if you're unrighteous. I don't care how wicked you are. If you'll just decide to come back to me, I'm going to be waiting on you with open arms. So I say again, everything, every argument the enemy tries to use against us to to disqualify us, to discourage us, this book is full of things to overcome those arguments and tell me the opposite, that he will, he can. Romans chapter 5, verse number 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it's one thing if you were a if you were a banker or or a lo- some kind of a loan officer, and and somebody came to you and applied for a loan. Let's just take an automobile. They came and they applied for an automobile loan, and and they fill out all the reports and they give you all the the, the information and you check their you check their credit score, you check their income, and based on all of those things, they they qualify to get that loan. And and so you, you you the loan is made, but for whatever reasons, uh, maybe maybe some degree what would be viewed legitimate reasons, or for just poor personal financial management reasons, they they end up not paying the loan. They end up defaulting on the loan. It's one thing if that happens when when all of the information in advance says they qualify. There's, there's most of us have, have experienced at some point in time for a mortgage or a car or something, we've experienced applying for a loan. And, and, and so sometimes what happens is you, 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 you apply, but they're only willing to approve you for a certain amount. And other times they, they won't approve you at all. You ever seen those signs? Like, especially, I think, some used car dealerships. No matter what your credit, we will sell you a car. You know what? That's who God's more like. I know there's no reason for me to expect you to hold up your end of the bargain. I know you don't have everything in. I already know. 
I already know your, your finances are a mess. And, and I already know there's a really good chance that you can't pay and won't pay. But guess what? That's okay. Because I've taken care of everything necessary for, for, to do what you need. Do, do you understand that today? God has already provided in advance whatever, whatever solutions to the problems you've had. If, if it's your sin, He's got His blood. If it's your lack of ability, His grace is sufficient. If, if it's the struggles you keep going through, there's mercy that's new every day. Whatever it is, it's already available. We, we, and, and, and there's no surprises. Any, anybody, somebody, please help me. Not to help me, but hopefully to help others. Anybody here ever feel like you've, you've disappointed God? Anybody ever thought maybe you felt like you surprised God by what you, how you messed? Anybody ever heard that? Is there anybody in this place that truly thinks God has ever been surprised? God has never been surprised by anything or anybody. Anybody ever said something when it, after it came out of your mouth, you were like, oh, I cannot believe I just said that. Nothing's ever caught God off guard. We, we started, uh, I guess it was longer than I realized, three weeks ago, I think, we started demoing our kitchen. Our house was built in 1952. We've already put an addition on it, already understood, you know. Let me just tell some of you precious, naive folks that watch HGTV. If you've never been involved in renovation and construction, please don't sit there and believe that's the way it goes. Old Chip Gaines gets out his hammer and knocks out a few cabinets, and next thing you know, the entire kitchen is just magically demoed, and everything is ready. There's a lot of stuff that happens during those commercials. (laughs) There's a lot of people that you aren't seeing doing all kinds of work. You know, we knew, we knew going into it, there's, there's going to be surprises. There's going to be things that need to be dealt with. We've been dealing with electrical stuff for weeks, dealing with plumbing stuff. They, we took out the wood floor in the kitchen, and part of the wood floor, or part of the flooring, the subflooring is plywood or something. The other part's like concrete. What in the world? You understand? You understand, Jaleel, there's there's nothing in your life that God is ever going to uncover and go, what is that? He knows it all in advance. Let me tell you, let me let me tell you something. So some of you've been around a while. Hopefully this will help you. Sometimes we we get to this point where we we start to feel like I don't think I've ever made any progress. I don't think I've had any healing in my life. I I don't think anything has changed. The the, the problem is you're just at a new layer. 
my wife's the one I heard this from, and I've used it countless times now. This, this is all like an onion. And God peels back layer after layer. The problem is the deeper the layer, the more difficult the stuff. Been married 30 years now. The first couple of years we were married, that stuff, no offense to all you young married couples, but that stuff that we thought was the issues between us back then, there's been days I wish. I wish that was what we were still having issues over. I I wish we were just still having issues over the fact that the toilet seat wasn't put down. I don't understand who has the authority to decide it's supposed to be put down and not left up. But I, <laughs> does the paper go on top or underneath? I mean, as I, all those little man, the stuff that is our struggles now. We are so deep into it. Whew. You can take that as being a negative, discouraging thing. Or it's actually a very encouraging thing. Wow, we have dealt with so much surface stuff. that We're getting more and more and more and more down to the real root and heart of the matter. Don't let the enemy discourage you and cause you to think you just should give up because you're still struggling. You're probably, if you would really think about it, not struggling in the same way you were struggling before. You made some progress, but now it's a deeper thing. Here's the thing. While you may individually be surprised at some of the stuff you're still struggling with or working through, God has not one time ever been the least bit surprised. And you are the one that he said, I've come to. 1 Corinthians 6 verse number 9 says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. There is not one of us in this place that there's not at least one thing in that list that we are guilty of. Therefore, we are disqualified from the kingdom of God. And such were, and such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. He gives us this whole list of those who can't inherit the kingdom, but then he tells us here's what can be done so all of you that can't inherit the kingdom can now inherit the kingdom. Last last verses, Isaiah 66 and verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And 
Where is the place of my rest? The, the heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. That's a big God. But listen to what he says in verse 2. For all those things hath my hand made, and those things have been, saith the Lord. But, but here, here is who is going to have my attention. Here's the one that I'm going to be drawn to. It's the man that, ha- that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. If you want to know where you're going to find me, it's going to be with the broken. If you want to know where I'm going to be hanging out, it's going to be with the wounded. If you want to know where I'm going to be, it's going to be with all of those that think and feel like they are disqualified from me. That is where you're going to find me because that's who I have come for. So I stand here today and tell you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, and no matter what you may do in the future, all of those things do not disqualify you from Him. Those are all of the things that draw you draw him to you even my sin doesn't drive him from me I read it he said if you're wicked if you're unrighteous but if you'll turn to me when you turn to me I'm coming for you You you, you may have messed up as bad as you can mess up, but when you decide to turn to me, all of those things that you think disqualify you are not going to stand between you and me. I'm going to come for you. Many of you know the story, and I'm I'm trying to close, but the story, we call it the prodigal son, and that's the story of the... The man that had two sons and the youngest son comes to the father and says, I I want my inheritance. I I want everything that I'm going to get when you die. I want it now. Imagine how it would feel for your kid to come and tell you that. You know, it doesn't look like you're going anywhere anytime soon. So if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and take what I'm going to get. It's actually kind of amazing in this story that the father didn't just kick him out of the house. The father actually got the inheritance that he was going to get and gave it to him, knowing knowing that he was not capable of properly managing what he was about to give him. And he gave it to him anyways, and it goes out and he wastes it all, and, 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 and now he makes up his mind, I'm going to go back home, and, and decides when I go back home... I'm going to tell my father, I know I messed up. I I know I don't deserve to be your son anymore. So if you will, just simply let me be a servant because your servants have it better than I had it out there. The Bible says that as he's making his way back home, and this is just what I do, and some of you others probably do this as well, but I just sort of imagine, try to imagine the scene, the Imagine what was going on, and I can just, I sort of imagine that 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 young man was rehearsing over and over and over in his mind what he was going to say to his father. Anybody ever had a situation, maybe it was a 
not a good situation, or maybe it was a good situation. You know, you're about to ask the, the girl of your dreams to marry you, and you rehearse it over and over and over and over and over and over in your mind. It pretty much never goes the way. He's, he's going over and over in his mind, okay, I'm going to... I'm just going to tell my dad, I, I'm sorry, I know I messed up, and I'm not asking you to let me be your son, and I'm not asking you to give me back all the privileges of being a son. I, I'm just asking you, just, just hire me, just let me be a servant, because if I could just be a servant in your house, that's better than... I don't know how many times he went over that. I, I think he went over it a bunch of times. And the closer he gets to home... All of a sudden, he looks down the road, and his father starts running towards him. And again, my imagination, but I would suspect when he sees his father start to run, he's like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this speech is going to work or not. He is so mad at me, he's not even going to let me get to the house. He's running to meet me probably going to tell me, don't you take one more step towards this house. You just get back out and go where you were. That father runs to him. And I think before he could ever get a word out of his mouth, wraps his arm around that son. And then he starts yelling out instructions, not to the son. But to everybody else, my son is home. Give him some clean clothes. Give him some new shoes. Get, get, put, a, put a new ring on his finger and then go, go kill that special cow that we got out there. We're, we're going to have a party and celebrate. You know what's amazing to me about that story? is that there is nothing said that the father ever addressed the mistakes and the failure the son made. In fact, it's essentially like he acted as though they never even happened. I wonder how many of you are sitting here this morning. You know God has what you need. You know God has the ability to heal you, help you, deliver you. But, but you're sitting there and maybe like that prodigal son, you're rehearsing in your mind all of the reasons why it can't be and it won't happen and he won't do it and he's going to reject you. And every single one of those arguments are lies from the enemy. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, please, right where you are? I believe there's some people in this sanctuary this morning, anywhere from those of you that this is your first time or your first couple of times, to those of you that have been coming here for years and years and years that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. And I believe there are some broken-hearted people here today that God wants to heal. There are some captives 
that God wants to set free. There are some people that are blind and you're not seeing things clearly in your life and circumstances that God wants to give sight. Rather than all of those things being what makes you unqualified for Him, they are the very things this morning that are what is drawing Him to you. Prophet Isaiah said he would give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some of you sit here this morning feeling like the only thing you've got is the leftover ashes from the destruction that you've been through, what worth and what value is that? And, and the Lord is saying to you today, if you'll just, if you'll just give that to me, I'm going to make a trade with you. And I'm not going to give you in exchange for what you give me, what you think it's worth. I, I'm going to give you some beauty for your ashes. I guess kind of going back to what I've already said in this service this morning, and I feel to do it this way. If you're here this morning and you're willing to acknowledge that the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you as a step of faith, as a demonstration of faith, I want to invite you right now to get up out of your seat. Begin to make your way down to this altar. If you want to come and kneel, that's fine. If you want to come and just stand, I, whatever you feel like doing. I, I, I really believe there's some people, that if you'll just respond, if you'll push aside all of that doubt and fear and lies that have been warring against your mind, the Spirit of the Lord is going to do this morning for you exactly what it is you need today. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to send you away because you're messed up, you failed, you're a disappointment. It's, he says, I, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, but if you want to know where to find me, I need some, I need some people to come and help minister. If you want to know where to find me, you're not going to find me hanging out with all of the, all the well-off, have-it-all-together people. You're not going to find me with all the rich folks. You're not going to find me with all the people that have all the degrees and have all the qualifications and why they're so perfect. That If you want to know where you're going to find me, you're going to find me with the broken you're going to find me with those that are wounded. You're, you're going to find me with those that are struggling. You're, you're going to find me with those that feel like they're completely disqualified. That's, that's where I'm going to be. In the name of Jesus, 
Come on, this is, there's times where our, our response is very outward and demonstrative, but, but there's things like this that it's much deeper than that. God is gentle. God is sensitive. God knows what we need. And he knows how to do what we need. Oh, God, right now, I pray. I pray that every mind in this place that is tormented by those thoughts that tell us we're, we're too broken, we're too messed up, we've messed up too much, we're, we've disqualified ourselves, we've, we, we, we've done things we knew better than to do them, and we deserve what we've gotten, and so you, you, you don't have any use for us. God, I pray that those thoughts would be replaced right now with the thoughts that are the they're the truthful thoughts from your word that that's exactly the ones you're reaching for that's exactly who you're drawn to in this place today you only know that you see Maybe, maybe there's somebody sitting nearby you that maybe they don't quite have the, the courage in this moment to, to get up and come down to this altar, but, but God is trying to touch them. Maybe you could just reach over and join with them where, right where they are. Pray with them right where they are. Oh, Jesus. Let there be With a transforming of, of our minds today. Oh, God, I pray that we would leave this place today different. We would leave this place, God, and the next time the enemy shows up with condemnation and accusation, we will respond with your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I'm found a hopeless case in empty space, if not for grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound I once was lost. Grace. There's grace working in this place this morning. There's grace working right now. If you need it, it's available. There's forgiveness. If you need it, it's available. If you're broken and need healing this morning, it's available. If you're a captive this morning, deliverance, it's available. It's available. It's available. You only know. Oh, yes. I'm glad you see. 
eyes of love a hopeless case an empty oh if not for grace if not for grace if not for grace but thankfully there's grace amazing grace thankfully there's grace how sweet the sound amazing grace how once was lost oh it's amazing grace it's amazing grace a hopeless case amazing grace in empty it's never-ending grace. It's, it's an unlimited grace. supply of grace. Amazing grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How sweet the sound. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I once was lost. Hallelujah. But now I'm found. A hopeless case. If not for grace, where would I be? You only know, Lord. You only know. You only know. I'm glad you see. Hallelujah. Through eyes of love. Hallelujah. A hopeless case. In the name of Jesus. Grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your grace today. So amazing. So amazing. So amazing, God. Your grace is so amazing. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace today. Oh, thank you for it, Jesus. Whenever you need to go or want to go, you're welcome to. Thank you for being here. The Spirit of the Lord is still touching some hearts in this place today. In the name of Jesus. such a sweet sound to hear. It's not a harsh sound. It's not an unkind sound to hear. Such a sweet sound. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace, Lord. 